What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Marlboro Show. Today we have Brian Walker. He is uh, the founder of the podcast Dreams Not Memes, right? That's right. And then, so tell me something about your your podcast that I forgot to ask you. Um, how did that start? Like, how, what motivated you to start a podcast? So um, what motivated me to get in, like, the podcast world is, like, first and foremost, I'm a musician. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and my music's like pretty much about rising above your own adversity and I wanted to do that like as many different ways as possible I wanted to talk to people I wanted to fundraise with nonprofits. Um, I wanted to go on tours that were like motivational um, I wanted to share my story with other people and uh, first I got into blogging and vlogging and I would oh, talk yeah. about these things yeah. and uh, when I was like doing that I definitely did get some buzz and like connection to like everything but I got interviewed by a friend of mine named Katie uh, called Show Me Your Playlist. And our podcast lasted an hour. Well, we probably talked for like four or five hours. And that was like a spark of light. Yeah. And it was mostly about like navigating the music scene, navigating your life, things like that. And I was like, you know, I think I might want to do something like Katie, but a little different. So then seven months after that podcast, I'm on the road with my friend Brandon we're talking about podcasting. I was like, do you think I should start a podcast? He's like, dude, like people listening to music, people like your blog, like go do it. And I was just all like, dude, be my first guest. So we're in my car <laughs> and we're interviewing like out of my phone in my car. And the next thing you know, that's how it all started. Yeah. That's so cool. So it pretty much started like on a whip type of like, it just, you did it. Yeah. Yep. 100%. Um, do you, do you have any doubt on like going about your podcast? Like, do you know what topics you were going to talk about or, or you just kind of like went for it? So I just pretty much have a goal to like talk to people about what they struggle with, why they do what they do, nice. and like what, what's the day-to-day hustle that makes them keep going? Uh, because like, I know for me, what keeps me going like with all the records I've written, the things I'm still writing, uh, the, the successes, the failures I've had, it's just knowing that I come from a place where a lot of people don't necessarily succeed. You know, Philadelphia is a beautiful city. It's a city of heart and grunge. But at the same time, a lot of people don't make it. So I want to be someone that makes that change and then gives back. So my way of like doing Dreams Not Memes is meeting people from everywhere I go whether it's like through the internet, whether it's through tour um, and seeing like, what are other people's perspectives? So. Yeah, no, and that's really cool. One of the things that uh, caught my attention also is the name A Day Without Love. Is that your band or is that just yourself? Or like, how does that work? Um, Or is that your, yeah. So A Day Without Love is my band. Um, okay. It's just me solo, but I do have other people that work with me. Gotcha. And originally it did start off as like a four-piece band. Um, and then we broke off like two or three years yeah. uh, into it. And then I started writing like my own music. And I'll never, I mean, there are albums or songs where like I've done everything, but like I always have collaborative influence. Like I work with producers, I've worked with like uh, singers, I've worked with like other instruments and things like that. But I started A Day Without Love. First, the concept came out of a poem in 2008 that I wrote when I saw a spousal abuse incident happen. 
mm. uh, outside my dorm room and I stopped it and I, I was writing. Oh, it. wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, at first it was like, I, I kept hearing this pounding and I'm like, all right, someone's getting laid. And then the pounding was like, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, when you're like a sophomore in college, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just certain I sounds, get it. You know? I get it. I get it. <laughs> and then I like look out to my window. I was like, Oh shit. Like that's messed up. So yeah. like, I get out of my um, dorm run down and I'm, I like literally pulled the dude off. I was like, yo, what are you doing? Wow. Girl was like, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And then they made such a ruckus. Someone else called the cops. Uh, I, I explained to the cops what happened. He got arrested on site. I never saw these people ever again. That's but crazy. I wrote a poem about it because essentially they both were cheating off, off of each other and they were also abusive to each other. Uh, so it just was like uh, a never ending list of like the most toxic relationship I've probably ever been exposed to. Yeah. And yeah. I wanted to write about like how do people rise above from that? Wow. Okay, so there's the, that's really cool, the story. I mean, how you have an actual story behind the name. Yeah. Um, so your music, tell me a little bit more about that. How, how, how many years have you been doing music so far? Uh, and what kind of like got you started into that um, so, um, industry? I've been playing music for 13 years now. Um, I've been playing it live and actively as a recording artist for seven years. And I've been a touring artist for five years. Wow. How I got started is like when I was 15, 16, I had like a lot of friends that were in bands, but I was doing Taekwondo. And someone told me like, yo, I want to do this, but like, I got to do martial arts. Like I was competing and I, I wanted to keep my discipline up. I had just got my black belt and everything. And um, at 18, I picked up the guitar and I bought, I picked up like a guitar for dummies book. I like, took like some college workshop classes on guitar and it was just really about, I wanted to meet every single person that played guitar and see what I could pick up from them. So 18 to 21, I was just like, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. I took music classes, I did jazz yeah. on all nine. And then I, I had been writing poetry and lyrics like since I was 11, but I didn't see myself as a musician. Like I couldn't fathom telling stories and sharing stories with people. And then it wasn't until I met my friend Kieran who's a music teacher down in Florida, um, that he and I like smoked a lot of weed and he was just like, dude, I feel like you could really sing. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) and then I I went to an open mic and I started writing comedy songs because I couldn't write. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Cause like, cause that was like during the time, I can't think of the guy's name, someone Lynch, uh, he was a comedian and he was like playing guitar and doing comedy songs. So I was like, I'm that guy because I'm a funny dude. And then his other friend, Christian, again, we did some drugs and he hits me up. We're eating pizza. And he's like, dude, I think I'm going to teach you how to sing. So I'm eating pizza, which for any singer already finds this funny because you yeah. eat so while you're singing. Yeah. And that's when I started singing. I was like 20, 21 years old. And that's um, crazy. Yeah. That's literally how it happened, which is like, quote unquote late because most people it's like yeah learned it at eight or nine and then like I started playing in bands and like took music classes but for me it was just like if I didn't have friends I don't think I'd be where I'm at yeah wow so you started like yeah I mean I think that's like do you think that's late or do you feel like it's not it wasn't that late for you it wasn't it wasn't like it's relative because like it is harder to learn music the older you get um 
but it's relative because like I think it's Nielsen that says the average songwriter breaks out at 34 mm. uh, in all genres because and, and there is some element of truth to that like take take for example Coldplay, Death Cab for Cutie those are some really great bands those dudes were all in their late 20s early mid 30s you know so oh wow yeah or rappers a lot of those rappers um some of them had been doing it for 10 years before they actually break through mm. so so it all varies you know yeah um, but like too too old is like such a relative thing because yeah. it's really about the type of music you're doing like i mean granted i can rap i'm not going to pursue like I'll, I'll drop rap records but i'm not going to pursue being yeah. a trap rapper yeah, <laughs> like yeah, i'm yeah, yeah. too old for that <laughs> that's another whole conversation there yeah, but, yeah. so so w- what's your goal with the music are you looking to like you know actually do that full time or is that just something that you do as a hobby um the well, same for I the podcast say, yeah i can't say it's a hobby um mm-hmm. Because of just like one, I've paid taxes. Once you pay taxes, it's not a hobby anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That's the first part. Um, And the second reason why I can't say it's a hobby is just the amount of dedication and relationships I've developed. Mm. So it's definitely a part of me. It is a hustle. Um, There are definitely times it's a labor of love, but I could definitely say my goals, like as a musician, is really to spread my music in as many ways possible with the albums I want to share with people. Mm. Um, I think I got about three to four more albums in me after this third album. Mm. And uh, the other goal is really to do a full U.S. tour and write a book about traveling. So um, coronavirus forgiving, I should be doing that full U.S. tour next year. Nice. Nice. So, so, that tour, is that kind of, is that going to be your first one, like all around, like the country um so i've i've done 22 states so far oh wow um but this will be my first like full u.s plus canada too oh wow oh mm-hmm. dang now tell me something so when it comes to music what do you feel is the hardest part of of become of being a musician like there's many elements to it it's not just creating music because a lot of people are really talented at that but Mm -hmm. it seems like some artists they're not necessarily the most talented but yet they they find themselves being the most famous or or more known than the average one so so what what is it that makes them different from the average kind of like starting out type of uh, artist i think it's a lot to do with branding and also knowing what you want because i think internally you could do so many different things um as a musician from like adhering yourself to what's popular yeah uh or you know hiring a photographer or a pr agent um and then like getting your branding in but it's much better to be yourself and know that what you're doing is like what you're truly convicted with and mm-hmm. connecting with others that way yeah. and that's not to say like don't use ads don't use pr yeah, for sure. Uh, I, per- I personally wouldn't unless I'm doing like a big release. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I definitely think it's really all about like those connections. So like for tour, for example, yeah. I've made a lot of personal connections through my music as well as via this podcast that have allowed me to like talk to people. Like I was talking to someone in Arizona, no, no, in Nevada, 
And he, he just was like, yo, if you want to play in Vegas, let me know. That's crazy. Versus hiring a manager, blah, 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 blah. So yeah. it's really all about, like, what do you want and getting those personal connections. That's that's really cool. Um, by the way, you, like, seem like you're on fire with the podcast. Like, it seems like you I mean, are... at this moment, yeah. I mean, yeah. I do have a lot of music that I'm, like, holding on to. Yeah. But it's a matter of, like, I could drop an album, but where am I going to go? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I am doing the streaming thing. I am playing streams and those streams are going very well. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Like right after this interview, I'm going to start recording uh, for, for a demo. And I'm so, oh, wow. yeah, I'm sending on a 15 song album, four collabs and a mixtape. So how do you have time? So I do a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> yeah. How do you have time, dude? Like I know so, I, that's how it'll work. So I know it's not just like oh, fifteen songs. Like oh no no no. I mean I've been working on these fifteen songs since like last February. Dang it. Yeah. Wow. So I mean, and they're not all done. I mean, there's still a lot of work to do, but it's really just a little bit at a time. Like um, mm. I'm probably gonna put in ninety minutes in the recording. <laughs> And then just go to bed. So. so so you're working from home, I imagine, right now, right? Yeah. Okay. So so you're working from home. Do you feel like it's easier now that you're home to like actually like do some music and then also do your work? Or do you have to stay like at work kind of like for the amount of time that you're supposed to and then do the whatever else? Uh, I know. mean, honestly, it is easier because I don't have a commute. Because like yeah. how my schedule used to look is like, I would work nine to five and then Mondays and Fridays, I would work on music after work because I was at home, but Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, it was just work and gym. So gotcha. I wouldn't work on music. Well, Tuesdays, every other Tuesday I would work on music because I have vocal lessons. Um, gotcha. And then weekends were always relative to if I'm playing shows or not. So yeah. I was really putting in like two to four days a week when I was working. Yeah. And have that like I'm working, but I'm working from home. It's like yeah, yeah. That's yeah. wow. That's crazy. Now, one of the things that always call like calls, gets my attention is that I have like I have a friend of mine. He's really into music. I have actually a lot of friends who are into music. Mm. One of the things that they always say is that when they're working on a song it almost feels like it, it's not just something that you write and then it's done. Like they always go back to it. They keep working on it. When do you know that you're done? Like when, they, when can you actually say like, I'm satisfied with this song and this is good. Like, is there something that happens? Because I, I feel like, I mean, it's so subjective. You could yeah. always make it better. When do you actually know? Like, this is it. So um, what I do, I'm going to like to not be boring, I'll, I'll do it for more fun side, is uh, I try to write multiple versions of a song, or there's two ways, either I'll write multiple versions of the song, and then I'll mute the tracks and be like, what parts can I unhear? Yeah. If I have a part that like sounds cool, but then if I mute it and play the rest of the song, and yeah. like I don't miss that part, then that part <clears throat> wasn't good, you know? But, so that's how I like do it from a parts perspective. And then secondly, I always try to first start on my cell phone and listen to it on my car on my cell phone. If that melody comes back to me that I wrote myself, then I know I wrote a good song. Wow. That, yeah. that is fun. That is a fun way to put it. <laughs> yeah. 
So how many how many times do you usually do you feel like you listen to yourself like having to like kind of like get your own feedback and then go back to it because for the podcast for example when you're editing you have to kind of like go through it depending I mean I don't I don't do that as often but um, unless I make a mistake and I and I know that happened but anyways um, it's different for a song because you have to kind of like listen to it even though you already know the lyrics so. Um, how many times does that's like, do you have to listen to yourself? Oh, so many times. I mean, I don't do my own production anymore. I, okay. I have done in the past. Um, but like, even when you produce yourself, when you produce yourself, you listen to yourself even more. You literally lose track. It's like easily 50 to 100 times a song. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, when you're even just in the demoing phase, I mean, one vocal take could really mean like one verse could really be 15 takes that's <laughs> yeah. like you're, you're yeah. happy so so it already it always depends like well, a lot of people don't realize and i think rap is like totally um unapologetic about this because mm. you hear certain things in rap where they're like yo it's in my turn or like uh <laughs> one take one take like they're yeah, not yeah. just doing that the ad lib they're doing that because they probably did that same verse so many times like yeah so times. yeah and the producer just decided to take that like extra part there. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So it's not just like it's not just there, but it's actually because they probably are just like yeah, they just left it on the recording. Yep. That's crazy, dude. Now, you know, when when you do your um, when you do your music, how do you choose the topic, like? Is it always the same like theme on your on your songs, or do they change based on like something that you went through, or or something that somebody else went through? And how does that work for you? So originally, it was really all "I hate myself, I'm sad" music. I'll be completely honest. <laughs> <laughs> like that's all it was. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't until I gave up alcohol. That yeah. I started making it about concepts and like making it oh, about wow. giving and and contributing. So like my first album, Solace, is like about coming to grips with yourself. Nice. And knowing that like you will find peace and you're at peace with other things. Uh, um, my second album is about the struggle I went through before that. So it's a prequel, even though it's the second album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this third album, which I haven't titled yet. Mm-hmm is about connecting with other people and understanding that music is a little bit bigger than you. And really mm. all of us are a part of something, but it's bigger than us. And we, we might not realize it, but, but it's true. Wow. Can you, can, do you feel comfortable developing on kind of like um, your struggle and how you got out of it? Like it, did, did something happen that like you made the switch or you just, you were just like, I'm done with this. I want to change. Oh, there's a lot of life changes. I mean, we could do another podcast for like the whole story. Cool, cool. Essentially, okay. like I was like 317 pounds. Um, what? Yeah, I, was, I was really big. Uh, I had anxiety-induced uh, asthma attack, which I really think was alcohol, to be honest with you. Gotcha. Because um, I went to the hospital and like missed a really big client appointment. Um, I became that dude that like went to too many beer gardens, if you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
I started seeing that people were saving me as like open bar Brian or free beer Brian. Uh, so it's just yeah. like all these different signs. And I, I didn't like myself at all, like at all. So it was, it was just like a lot of things. And I was only 26 at the time. Oh, you know? uh, okay. Cause like still people at 25, 26 still drink. A oh good yeah. Deal. Yeah. And, well, uh, keep, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. And keep in mind, like, I went to Penn State for undergrad. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, that, that speaks for itself. And I was there gotcha. the <laughs> generation, too. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've had very few experiences with alcohol to the level of, like, being too drunk. And, and one of the things that I know for a fact is that, like, you definitely do not feel good. Like, no. you, you... Even when you were kind of like after, like you're you're like sober or sobering up, and like you're kind of like getting back to like normal, um, you feel horrible. I mean, yeah. I I hated, hated that feeling, and, and because I wasn't really, I've never been a drinker. I, you know, I wasn't, you know, I didn't have that like addiction or like that, like I have to drink. Um, so I was able to kind of like it wasn't like I stayed in that state too long. Mm -hmm. It was really brief, but even though it was brief, I felt like I just felt foggy. Like I, 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 I didn't have focus. Yeah. Bad. Um, do you feel that, that the people around you while you were in college and maybe after that, like had an influence on that part of your life? 100%. I mean, I was definitely more of the influencer. <laughs> but still it's like it was yeah, yeah it was reciprocal you know yeah yeah um like I, I started a music club called the songwriters club and uh if I could make like an apology to all of them I mean I have done one-on-one -on -one, but yeah. like the apology is that I was leading some of those meetings drunk you know <laughs> <laughs> wow. it's like we had those meetings from like on on Thursdays from 7 30 to 8 30 And I was like, yeah, that's time to drink. It's 7.30 on a Thursday. Yeah. I've had class. <laughs> like, you know, I was so entitled about it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I definitely wasn't the leader that I wanted to be. Yeah. But, I mean, I definitely succeeded a lot and did a lot of good things for people. Yeah. But um, I drank so much in college, like, so much. Yeah, I mean, you're not the only one. Yeah. And the thing that was wild is, like, I did well and then made it to grad school. Like, I got a perfect writing score. Um, I almost had a perfect uh, English and math score on my GRE. So yeah. it's just was like, and I just think about, like, all the things, like, how would life be different? But it's almost, like, not worth thinking about that because mm, yeah. what, the what-ifs are, like, it's, it's literally water under the bridge. You just got to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's no worry. But, like, I'm definitely happy that I stopped because, like, my clarity within myself, my clarity uh, with songwriting is better. Um, some people say that like they notice my motivation change when I stop drinking. So it's just like, um, if, if you're like someone like, like me that has struggled, slide in my DMs, I'm down to talk. That's all I could say. No, that's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah, because a lot of people do struggle with that. I mean, I know, I know people myself that like, are currently struggling with that. And it's kind of like interesting to see that that at the moment, they're not really conscious of how much that is affecting them. True. 
and 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 this is a thing like you know we think that we're gonna be young like young like kind of like in our 20s like for like our whole life it's not it's not it doesn't work like that you know you're gonna sure. grow uh you know you, you're gonna get older and many of the things that you did when you were like in your 20s are gonna follow you later on in life um obviously you can always change and, and there's always redemption for everybody but <clears throat> it's just interesting how much you could potentially get done if that energy that you're spending getting drunk, you're, you could spend it doing something else that is more productive. Um, so to your point, yeah, I think that's a good, you know, it's a good observation. And I think that anybody who's listening and feel the need to like reach out to you, you, you know, in your case, cause you have more experience and you know more of the mindset, uh, definitely like do that, you know, take that, and, and DM Brian for that advice. But <clears throat> I'm always curious to find out, like, you know, what drives you? Like, when I ask, I ask some of my guests that I feel like have that drive, you know, you were able to get out of, I mean, that state in your life. You were able to drop weight and, and be where you are right now. I mean, you have a master's. Uh, you're tour- touring. You're doing music. You have a podcast. Like you are, you're on fire. Thank much. you. Like, you're <laughs> Thank on you. it, bro. Thank so, you. so that's really impressive. So, you know, what what is your drive? What is like that thing that keeps you going? Um, I could definitely say it's hope as well as coping. Uh, for me, it's hope because you know just knowing who I am and I don't just mean my race, just really who I am. I saw a lot of dreams fall due to like small mistakes. Like for example, I had a cousin who was uh, managed by Mike Tyson's manager as wow. a boxer and he like lost it all because of a drug addiction, you know? Wow. Um, I've se- I had like cousins I had to sell crack just to like run businesses. I don't want to be that person. I mean, I-, I have a laundry list of that stuff. Yeah. So like that's what motivates me from a hope perspective so that I don't have to continue the same things that like other people in my family had to continue and do to get, you know, their needs met. Um, and I could definitely say it's also from like dark things that have happened to me and desperation. Cause like, for example, last week my cousin died at 36 to eight. Oh, sorry to hear that one. Oh uh, no, it's completely fine. And thanks for, for um, your condolences. But it, it still motivates me because it makes me realize that life is short. Mm. I mean, I'm 31. I'll be 32 in October. And I don't want to live with what ifs. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really don't. So, and I take that seriously. And some people think it's like crazy. I mean, I, I do sleep. I used to be real bad. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I get my six to eight hours in. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, it's just really about just knowing that, like, like I want to be the person that I see in myself, see that potential, and tap into it, and then I want to give. So that's what keeps me going. Wow. Yeah, man, you, you're really inspiring. I mean, I, I mean, I've had many guests who are, like, on point and really inspiring in, in what they say, but definitely um, really inspiring what you're saying. 
you know, last question. If you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, um, you could choose any time in life. What would you say to yourself? Mm. You should have learned your jazz standards better. <laughs> <laughs> to be completely honest with you. <laughs> yeah, that's great, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I, I don't think by any means I'm a bad guitarist, but I, I always am looking for different ways of being a better musician. And yeah, yeah that, that's definitely something I need to get better at. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, you know, I was like, I was getting ready for like a huge like inspirational motivational answer but what i like about your answer is because it's so honest like it's, it's just coming out of like deep deep like deep honesty like most people you know they always want to yeah. say something cool like you're one of the few that actually says something that it's like at least to me like out of the blue kind of like wait what <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean there's plenty of things i could have said yeah yeah for sure but no, that's great that's really what's on my mind right now we'll keep it we'll keep it on that one i like that i like that answer uh where can people find you uh, on social um you could find me at a day without love on instagram facebook uh twitter literally the same handle uh, same thing if you type that on YouTube or Bandcamp or Spotify, you can find me under A Day Without Love. Uh, and if you want to follow my podcast, it's at Dreams Not, Dreams Not Means uh, Podcast on Instagram. Yo, actually, I have to follow. Or you have a you have a YouTube channel, right? Yeah, it's A Day Without Love. YouTube slash uh, A Day Without Love. I'm actually going to do that right now. Sweet. I'll find you. I'll find you at some point. But... All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I really appreciate your time. Please make sure you leave a review uh, and share this with your friends, family, and everybody. Guys, thank you so much, and uh, I'll see you until next time. Peace. Sure. Peace. Uh, now, you have to tell me something, bro. How do you so, – so I guess you stopped the recording. Mm-hmm.